Hey, Masters of Modern fans, producer Marshall here. We had a bit of uh, technical difficulties in this week's recording, so a big chunk of the middle of the episode was unfortunately lost due to corruption. Please enjoy this truncated episode of this week's Masters of Modern, and we'll be back next week with a normal full-length episode. Welcome, travelers. We're aware that your journey was difficult, but prepare to have your questions answered, for you have been granted an audience with the Masters of Modern. Welcome back to Masters of Modern. I am your host, Alex Kessler, here with my co-host, Michael Grothy. Hi. And we are being produced by Marshall James. Yo. And today, we're going to be talking about Throne of Eldraine. Uh, we have a few shout-outs. First off, uh, make sure to follow us on Twitter. Uh, I am at Kess Wiley. Uh, I'm at Dudar, D-U-D-A-R-D-D. And I'm at Marsh Unfocused. And we are at the MM Cast. Also, Ben, our third co-host, is at Ben Bateman Media. He was on Twitch Rivals all day, so he is missing yeah, he today. Was hosting. But you can go watch that. It's good. It's fun. I did the last one. Yeah, it was good. I was uh, watching it. I had it on in the background today while I was working. And yeah, uh, yeah it was entertaining. Yeah, yeah. Ben did a good job. Cool. We were worried because he, was, he wasn't feeling too great yesterday. And uh, I'm glad he was able to get through it. So uh, today we're going to be talking about a bunch of fun stuff. Um, most importantly, we're going to be talking about Throne of Eldraine and the lands that do things in magic. Correct? That held, or did we change our mind? Right. Well, we should also talk about uh, Patreon. Go sign up for the Patreon. Um, okay. Become a patron because uh, there's a raw, uncut version of this audio waiting for you if you want to hear the goings-on outside of talking about Eldraine. Yeah, so so we have uh, a Patreon. It's really important uh, as Marshall. Are, are you going to cut your thing saying that out loud and this out, and then I'll redo this? I can do that. All right, so... Also, we have a Patreon. Uh, it's really important. It's how we are able to accomplish kind of a lot of things we do. There's cool stuff there, though. Uh, if you are a $2 a patron, you get access to the Discord and the special zones on the Discord. If you are a $5 patron, you actually get access to the Lifelinker code as well as uh, the uncut version of the episode. So there's a bunch of stuff that's ridiculous. There's been a uh, that we cut out of every episode that either is like us not you know being really wrong, us going on weird tangents. There's an entire trilogy of episodes where we talk about warlocks and the their inclusion in magic and if it's rather worth it or not worth it. It's a controversial uh, topic. It's a controversial topic. Uh, you can go check that on the Patreon. It's great. Um, uh, and uh, today we talked about Swamp Mosquito. So if you want to get some of some of the download, get the DL on Swamp Mosquito, which we'll be a little bit about today. I have this mystery, mystery package, package yeah. uh, that we'll talk about later in the episode. Um, and it's all Swamp Mosquito themed. So that's great. Uh, also, make sure if you're on YouTube right now, hit the like button. Uh, it's really important to like button. I'll like shout it out four more times this episode. Also comment with uh, what card you're most excited for uh, from Throne of Eldraine. And then um, make sure to subscribe, hit the bell button so you can get alerted to live streams and such. It's all, all the buttons, everything you could do on YouTube, do it now. Except dislike, don't do that one. Yeah, don't do the dislike one. Or like if you do it, then undo it and then click like afterwards. I don't know if that helps. Don't do that. <laughs> um, uh, and last thing, make sure to check out our sister podcast, The Command Zone. They do awesome content every week. Um, you can find them at collected.company, which is also where you can find us in all of the backlog of our episodes. If you're like, oh, man. They've been doing I a cool series, actually, of bonus episodes where they do like how to upgrade the Brawl Precons into actual Commander decks. It's been cool. Yeah. 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 If you want to pick one of those up, they're really fun when we did the Brawl event online on Arena. Yeah. Played a bunch of that. I streamed it two weeks ago. I think we have a video on the YouTube channel of that. But... Those cards are sweet. I'm excited to see which they come up with, especially for the Dapper Dragon. I don't know his real name, but Corvold? he was my favorite. The Fae Cursed King? The Fae Cursed King. But not one of the courts. There's like other kings that they don't really discuss. Yeah. Yes, I mean. there's supposed to be five kings. There's five kingdoms. No. 
What? That is incorrect. There are five courts, all ruled by one king. Oh. Kenrith. Or queen. Well, no, or, each court has its own king or queen. Kenrith is the high king. Uh, okay. But is the but the none of the so so the dragon's not a king for like a century before the book. I read the book, everyone. So now we're getting into the throne plotline, which is actually pretty relevant for so the just episode. Century. I'm glad Ben isn't here to. So for like this. a century <laughs> before the book, there was no high king, or I mean, obviously the book starts. There's already a high king, but for a century before he was king, there was no high king. Each court just had its own king or queen. And at this point, I'm going to also warn spoilers, just in case for the books. If oh, you want this to go is, read it, this is just world building stuff. I'm not okay. talking about actual plot. Okay, when there is a moment where spoilers are going to start happening, I'm not going to spoiler I'm not warning. Say any, but you're going to read the book, right? I've been trying not to spoil it for you. Uh, okay. Or you're going to listen to the book if okay. there's ever an if audiobook. there's ever an audiobook, I'll listen to it. So. Right. So that's likely to happen. Hopefully. Right? Yeah. Voice so, of all podcasts. So help they, me out. <laughs> this is like this is stuff that happens before the book. It's just like backstory that they talk about sure. in, the, in the book. But yeah, so the, there were there's five courts, and they each have their own king or queen, and there wasn't a high king for a long time. Nobody was worthy. And then the questing beast shows up and is like, hey, Kenrith, and um, I forget. Currently now Lady Kenrith. The but queen, she has a whole yeah. Name. She's uh, Lyndon. Lyndon, and then his name starts with an A and is weird. Um, <laughs> Arnold. No, it's not that. It's it like a now. weird fantasy name. Uh, <laughs> he's like, hey, you two, you guys are worthy to become the high king or queen. So here are some magic swords and you guys got to go on a quest to do it. And then he did. He completed it first. So he got to be high king. And then they fell in love over the course of questing and ended up getting married. So Have then we talked about queen. on the podcast how questing beast not being a hydra is like proof that the line is more than three heads? Because Cerberus is also not a Hydra, so there you go. Keep but telling these the are just these are just creatures that are based on things, mythological beasts. Well, but it, Questing Beast didn't have three heads, though, right? It's just an amalgamation of pieces of a piece beasts. It's yeah. a beast. The, uh, the depiction of Questing Beast in the Magic card game doesn't really line up with this depiction in traditional Arthurian legends because the Questing Beast had a snake's head. That was its big thing. It had like a lion's body and a snake's head yeah it was like a it was like a, yeah, a they just weird griffin-y kind of situation but not a established type of griffin or hippogriff or i don't know, think it's sphinx. the number of heads that matters because i think steel bane hydra the turtle hydra i think it only has three heads in its art i love turtle hydras by the way speaking of more hydra yeah things, two turtle hydras <laughs> that's way more than i expected to ever get I, it's actually, great i think my favorite hydras period are the ones that are other animal hydras like i think like, like top, yeah the snake hydras are dope what about the jellyfish hydra i love me so some jellyfish hydra <laughs> give me give me a flying jellyfish hydra today of the week yeah. i'll gain some life draw some cards that's hydra and crisis it's a jellyfish yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. i couldn't remember yeah. you never know what those simic i think it's a been fish like. hydra because jellyfish isn't a no, creature I type is it Jellyfishes? I'm pretty sure Hydroid Crisis is a jellyfish. Hold on. Who can look it up the fastest? Trying to stay on my mic here so I got This is all in the raw episode and being cut out of the regular one. Jellyfish. Oh, there's jellyfish. You're right. It's a jellyfish hydra beast. Oh, it's a oh beast. how can I forget beasts? What a relevant creature type. I don't understand why it's a beast Because they had not space. a mutant. I don't are, are all they pretty, they pretty rarely use it the creature should have type been name. an ooze it should have been a jellyfish hydra we already have a jellyfish ooze in the set right isn't vanifar a jellyfish ooze? oh no she's an elf wizard ooze i don't i think jellyfish and ooze can't like the line is too thin to share that creature type do we have a jellyfish ooze in the game no in fact i have every jellyfish right here uh, <laughs> none convenient. of them none of them are ooze <laughs> Ooze. But yeah, there's been jellyfish well, in the I imagine, game since Man of War. So I imagine for a all while. of them are just jellyfish, though, right? There's no other jellyfish. 
Hey everyone, so that was the end of the section that I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast where we had the audio go out. We apologize that the audio in the middle of this episode is going to be super wonky, um, but we like we found out that it only recorded 13 minutes halfway through, so it'll sound good now. So this is the end of the episode. That'll sound great. We sound so good now. So luckily, we'll be talking about Faithless Looting's replacement and some other things now, the important cards, uh, other than Once Upon a Time, which is... Oh, well, there's other important cards. There's we talked so about Emery already. We, yeah. we didn't get to Wishclaw Talisman oh, yet. Yeah, I don't know if we exists. will get to it. Wishclaw? Wishclaw Talisman, yeah. Wishclaw, we'll talk about that. Yeah. Well, let's talk cool. about it. Let's talk about Wishclaw Talisman. Okay. Let's talk about Wishclaw Talisman. Yeah, so it's a two-man artifact, and I'm going to have to read it because it has a lot of words. It costs a black and one. It costs, a, it costs a black and one for an artifact. It enters the battlefield with three wish counters on it. Pay a one colorless, remove a wish counter from it, and tap it. Search your library for a card, put it into your hand, then shuffle your library. An opponent gains control of Wishclaw Talisman. Activate this ability only during your turn. I don't know how to mime that. <laughs> so, yeah, this is a tutor, um, which is historically a powerful effect. Uh, the way that you play it is you pay two mana and put it on the battlefield, and then you can pay a third mana right away to tutor, which is nice. Three mana tutor. Or you can play it and let it chill if you need more mana for your combo that you're executing after you tutor, mm-hmm. and then you tutor for one mana the next turn, and mm-hmm. then you do your thing. Uh, it puts it in your hand, correct? Correct. Puts cool. it in your hand. So it's demonic tutor. Uh, the different the, the trick is that your opponent can't take a turn uh, after you give it to them, hopefully. There's, there's two tricks, right? There's yeah, the trick that is of, one trick. You, you have to win the turn you use it, or you have to sacrifice it and or return it to your hand the turn you use it. Right. The moment you use it, right? Right. So uh, you can you can do other stuff. You can like use Ashiok Dream Render to make it so that they can't search their library, or you can use Karn the Great Creator to make it so that they can activate artifacts, mm-hmm. or you can bounce it to your hand, or you can destroy it somehow, or you can... I mean, there's lots of ways to make it... And, all, and like half of those, if not all of those, are things that are uh, main deckable and or very playable in modern. So yeah, right. this card's you, really good. You can also you can also like activate it and then sacrifice it in response to an arcbound ravager or something, mm-hmm. or you know. Um, but yeah, so it seems like a big thing for combo decks. I'm actually really interested to see what kind of combo decks this enables because it's like probably the most powerful just generic up tutor, tutor that exists in modern um i don't know if this is more powerful than like were or maybe for anything. it gets anything sure yeah, like yeah, yeah would i would i take decks that are playing were or card of calling and just replace it with this no because those are different decks that don't need this necessarily though i don't the one deck i think actually that i might think about doing it is collected company decks in some ways not collected company itself but like uh arc druid Vizier of Remedies combo decks because this finds pieces that even Coco didn't find, like the artifact that wins the game as soon as you have it. It's an artifact creature. XX Walking Ballista. Walking Ballista. Yeah, this does find Walking Ballista. Um, I, yeah, it's it, what's interesting. Like what's interesting is there hasn't been good tutors in modern. So what decks could exist now that there is a actual playable you tutor for winning the game on the turn you have it in play. Like, what combos are, are not being supported currently? Yeah, I mean, I am not sure where this is at its best, but it I think that it fits best in a combo deck where your main plan with it is to win the turn that you activate it. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I'm I am 
Sorry, Marshall, go. Oh, no, I was going to say, I'm interested in whether or not this, like, uh, Bolas' Citadel is one of my favorite cards they printed this year, and mm-hmm. this feels like a card that a if a Bolas Citadel becomes a, a viable deck in Modern, I think this is a card for that deck. Because, one, it helps you search for the sort of effects that you'll need to uh, to get your Bolas Citadel, whatever sort of combination is allowing it to work. But it's also a cheap effect that then shuffles your library, which is great for the turns you're going That's off. That's true. Oh, sure. Yeah. So it's sort of an egg. like, And a lot of the Bolas Citadel's decks run some eggs, so you can just kind of pop through lands that you're... Mm-hmm. That allows blocks. you... Yeah, yeah. I could also see, like, I mean, there's... For a while, there's always been the... Um, not for a while. Just since all of the cards were printed for it. Ad nauseum decks are another deck that like needs to find a specific card two to four and then win yeah, the game. I think I like, it. I think I would like this in ad nauseum. Yeah. Like it, even just as a one or two of just in that deck where you're like, oh, I need to find my ad nauseum and then I win. Here's a way to do that. And it's sufficient and you win the turn you cast it. So go for it. Um, yeah. The fact that you only need one mana to tap it and it's generic, which I guess is relevant. Um, also is helpful because you can just like use a useless mana that you won't need and then use the rest of your mana to go off. Yeah. I mean, I think that, so you mentioned like Vizier of Remedy devoted Druid deck. So we've seen those decks that are playing Karn the Great Creator. And I think one thing that's interesting is if you have the pieces to combo and you're missing one and you're confident that your opponent can't disrupt you, you can use this to search for your other combo piece and win. If you're not confident that you can do that, you can search for Karn the Great Creator and play it. Sure. Right. And then, and then they can activate it, and you have a card in the Great Creator in play. <laughs> and, <laughs> and you're doing all right. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I think that this card has a lot of possibilities, and I feel like it's going to... We're going to see a lot of people trying it out and a lot of people failing, and I think we're going to see some people succeeding. Sure. I think that, like, this is... This is the most powerful generic tutor that we have in Modern. Mm-hmm. It's... Do you think Tron plays it? I know Black Green Tron has been a thing that has existed at different moments. I think if your plan A is to search for Karn the Great Creator, it's a little fragile. Because okay. if your opponent can then like get rid of your Karn somehow that you don't expect, then they get to activate their Wishclaw Talisman sure. and you're pretty sad. But yeah, I mean, like you can play this in like artifact decks. So, so uh, Emma Handy had an article on Star City talking about like possibilities with this card. Um, and one of the possibilities she she put a list in the de- in it and it was hardened scales because you can find like your specific like combo pieces and hardened scales, but then you can sack this to Ravager, you can sack it to Throne of Geth or something like that sure. uh, after you activate, uh, but before it resolves. Yeah, I think that that deck probably has a pretty high. Like, there's not many more decks that have more sacrifice this effect right i just i feel like leaving it on the battlefield and letting your opponent have it but like you can't activate it tee is like maybe a little too cute and vulnerable so that's the reason that i like that i think like a devoted druid deck where plan a is get a combo piece and win the game i think that often you want that to be your plan a i guess if the three options are get rid of it win that turn or lock them out from using it the locking them out from using it needs to be your backup backup plan the ashiok and karn options are going to be the worst of those three but i think having those as a backup plan is powerful and that's the thing is like if you have this in your main deck to find your devoted druid or whatever but post board you can use it to find an ashiok and just freaking hose the heck out of dredge or something Mm -hmm. and then it's like here you can activate this then it's like right right (laughs) so i guess like this is bad. Don't do this, internet. But <laughs> playing this in Avon Mind, Mind, 
mind sensor and then getting them with mind sensor sounds extremely satisfying. <laughs> but what I, my fear is it's that like, that stuff is too cute. Like oh, you're yeah, not, yeah, yeah, you're bad. not taking enough advantage of the tutor. Like basically what you did is you just like tricked your opponent into spending a mana, but then they still get to take one of, they get to impulse. Like you gave your sure. opponent an impulse. But you get, but you get, you get it back, I guess is part of that. Right. So sure. like they if, impulse if they and choose you. to activate it, which they get to activate it on their own time. And sure. Well, sorcery speed. Only on their turn. That's what I mean. But they they get to not activate it next turn if they don't want to. They get to activate it whenever they want. If and yeah. then they activate it and you're like, ha ha ha, even mind sensor, and they're like, ha ha ha, lightning, lightning bolt. bolt. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this sounds great to watch. I don't want to be either. I don't want to be yeah, the player yeah, with the mind sure. sensor. I, I guess that's uh, the thing is, I think <laughs> it's easy to fall into the trap of this card. Is like, yeah, I'm gonna search for Karn the Great Creator. I'm gonna search for Ashiok, or I'm gonna search for even just like to fairy time raveler and bounce it. Like I think that like you're just spending four man on a to fairy that you immediately minus down to one. If that's your plan a, it just doesn't feel that powerful to me. Like sure. I think that you're playing this in a deck where the cards you're searching for are often winning you the game and you can have some of these like cute lockouts as a backup plan. And I do think, and I maintain that I think there should be, we should be seeing more combo decks playing to fairy time raveler, like ad nauseum and decks like that should be playing time raveler to like stop your opponent from interacting and having like, maybe you're playing ad nauseum and chances are you want to search for ad nauseum with this. But if you think the coast isn't clear, you can search for Teferi and then bounce it. And or, that, if, if, or if you're just playing a deck like dredge where you're like, Oh, I need to like, I don't have the time to ad nauseum, but I have the time on turn three or turn four to grab to an Ashiok. grab Ashiok to yeah. hate them out. That's an option, right? Where, yeah. Like, Cause that's, that's the other thing is like, there are decks that if I tutor for a hate card, it doesn't matter what you tutor for in your deck. Like I, right. I have found the I win button, and well, you don't they have it. they might be able to like search for. Well, I guess Ashiok in particular is hard to interact with, but they can search for like a like a artifact hate card to blow up. Like yeah, yeah, but they would have to have brought that in. Yeah, yeah. into the like against Dredge, for instance. That there's in some options that's available. Yeah, I I, I agree though. I think actually there's two halves, right? There's decks that'll play it that have ways to get rid of it as their main game plan. Like the, um, we just said it, the enchantment that I'm forgetting now. Hardened Scales. Like the Hardened Scales decks. And then you have the decks that are trying to combo with it, but then might, if the coast is not clear, find with cuter ways to stop their opponent from taking advantage of the tutor that also precedes their game plan. Yeah, like that's so, so, you know, ad nauseum with Fairy Time Raveler is something that like, yeah, against like blue-white, you can't just like go all in search for ad nauseum and hope that that kills them because like you'll you're going to be giving them the chance to tutor for their own time raveler and bounce it and then like you're really sad but if you against that deck if you tutor for your own time raveler and play it at a time when like they're tapped out or you have a pact of negation or something and then it's like beat this you know right. <laughs> you then get to replay your talisman they probably can't pressure your teferi unless they have a snapcaster or something and then like you get to tutor again for your ad nauseum. I mean, it just gives you like some insurance. I, I think that if you're playing this in your main deck, I'm going to say that I think you want to tutor for something that's going to win you the game. Mm-hmm. But if you can't, like I think having backup decks that have built in backup plans is where this is going to be the most interesting. Yeah, I agree. Where you can tutor for a Karn or a Teferi or like, you know, something that like turns it off but gives you also some like effect that your deck is interested in as a backup plan is cool. Yeah. 
All right, so we, I have one more card that I want to talk about today, and then that'll be it for the episode, and we'll have a ton more cards we'll be talking over the next two weeks with other themes at the beginning of it. Yeah, last we, we definitely missed cards, but it's because spoiler season isn't over, and we there's, got more time. There's so many cards. There's like the one that lets you play stuff That's for free. That's why new sets come I don't out. even want to talk about that, but Ben probably does. The one that That's a Ben card. Yeah, Fires yeah, yeah. of Invention? That's yeah. a Ben card. There's like a I few gotta, cards I'm that, saving like, that one for one Ben's back. for Ben to be around. There's a, there's a new hunted creature. Uh, but the last card and I kind of want to talk about today partially because I think the more time goes by the more behind we'll be in talking about it Yeah. Um, and I've already talked about it a little bit to death on the internet so you can check that out but Merchant of the Veil Tuna Red it is a human peasant 2-3 that you can pay 2 red discard a card draw a card but it can go on an adventure it's a haggle red instant you may discard a card if you do draw a card um, obviously, we live in a world where Faithless Wooding was just banned, and there is a few decks that definitely have been missing that card and a feature of that card since that banning. This card is not Faithless Wooding. It is not as good as Faithless Wooding, but the kind of the best example I have is it's very similar to what Collected Company did for Birthing Pod decks when Birthing Pod got banned. It is a significantly worse card, but it is still doing the thing that those decks were looking for in ways that make it so that the decks can continue with it and maybe modify their game plan a little bit to be able to take advantage of this. Um, the two best decks I want to kind of point out is both Phoenix and then uh, Dredgevine or Vengevine or however you want to refer to it, where it offers two different features. I don't think this sees play in Dredge. I don't think this card is good enough in Dredge. I think Thought Scour, Tomb Scour, Tomb Scour, not Thought Scour. Tom Scour. Tom Scour. Tomb, tomb is you can well, say so tomb. Tomb one, is tomb. One reason that like dredge oh, decks are playing insolent, insolent neonate, and also the reason why they might play this is that you discard before you draw. So like Tom Scour just puts five, but this allows you to like, well, I guess discard and then dredge five is similar to just mill five. Worse than mill five, I think. I guess this is better if your opponent has grave hate. Like if your yes. opponent has a leyline of the void in play, this does something. Whereas Tom Scour is unplayable. Right. Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't count this one out for Dredge. Sure. But. I think. I think that this is more questionable. There. The reason, like for Phoenix, it is a spell that lets you kind of get rid of your Phoenix spells, and people were already hurting to play kind of two drop versions that do this. Yeah. The fact that this is an level. instant is is real spicy. Yeah. Like that's that's kind of where Collected Company versus Birthing Pod comparison comes in. Collected Company is an instant speed spell that generates less value than a birthing pod does but it doesn't immediately this is an instant speed version that does with cards that have dredge attached to them so loam or other dredge creatures or with phoenix just getting it into play into your graveyard and getting better cards is something those decks are looking for and it does you know it does draw you a card that card is relatively mediocre um though for vengevine the other half of this it's important because there are often turns where you get to a Vengevine turn on turn four where you have a one-drop creature and you just need another creature to play. And this is just sitting in exile, letting you get that extra creature trigger. I do think that like Neonate really is a lot better than this in Vengevine because it's a one-mana creature. But I think you play both. Like, yeah, Vengevine perhaps. was already playing both, right? Or there before Hogak was a card, it was playing both. Hogak yeah, changed what I, I mean, like, like now that you have these like one mana creature options, you've got Scissor Supplier, you've got Insolent Neonate, you've got maybe some Hedron Crab action if you want to stretch your mana base. Carrion you feeder. have Carrion Feeder, Grave Crawler. Right. Like you have a bunch of one drop creature options. And I'm not sh- like, we'll see how it shakes out. Maybe you want to sure. play some number of these, but I feel like in particular neonate really edges this one out for me well i think i think this in is in particular Crab specifically i guess is where like of the cards you yeah, listed perhaps. like i think if you have your eight four drop one drop or four one drop creature cards this is one of those four yeah maybe it just like a three mana creature gets back vengevine so much less consistently than a one drop hedron crab sure 
but uh, having blue mana on turn any time yeah, is yeah, much yeah, less consistent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, you just take damage to do it, right? Like if you're in a yeah. burn heavy <laughs> meta game, maybe you're like, no blue for me. I'm playing fast lands and this guy or something right. like. That. <laughs> uh, but and, and but I do think Phoenix is probably of those the most likely that needs it because it is hurting for a one drop in, like instant speed yeah. is great for the deck. Like kind of everything that that deck was looking for, this accomplishes. It's something that not also be disconsidered because I didn't notice it the first time I was looking at it. it doesn't tap. It doesn't tap. Yeah. So. So, like, if this isn't your thing and it's late game and you just need a way to keep going, if you have six mana, you can do it twice. You can just kind of keep going. It's for not it. nothing. It also means that you can activate it and attack. You right. can like attack, not you know, and then use it at the end of your opponent's turn, or use it on your own turn to like try and find another threat mm-hmm. or something. Like, yeah, you get to use it and attack. I think is more relevant than having six mana most of the time. Sure. But having six mana is not nothing. And and I do think like something to pay attention with all the adventure cards as they come out is if the adventure thing is worth it. Even if the card you're drawing is mediocre, that does not mean it won't be useful in games that you play it. Like I, I think that like it's not to be discounted that you just get a free two three because I think a lot of people in the same way people are play opt would play this card in the sense that opt is a worse version than serum visions other than the fact that it's at instant and it happens yeah. ahead of time and this is a worse version than. Um, Faithless Looting? Faithless Looting, thank you. It's a worse version than Faithless Looting, but it's an instant speed version, and it does have the Neo Knight effect where you get the discard ahead of time, letting you dredge the card if you want to. I think the main difference is that decks playing Serum Visions are often reactive, uh, and decks, so they are interested in instant, and not always, like Storm just as prefers Serum Visions in general because they are not reactive, they want the cards in their own turn and they want to dig as deep as possible to find the cards they need. Right. And, and I think that like the decks that are playing faithless looting tend to be proactive and they prefer to see more cards in their own turn. Seeing cards in their opponent's turn doesn't make a difference. Now, obviously you don't have access to faithless looting. So like you just have to play this maybe. Yeah. But, that's, that's a, a small feature to this. Comparison. But I think where is <laughs> like, we'll get you decayed from a tournament in a world <laughs> where faithless looting is serum visions. I don't think this is quite the same thing as opt where some decks actually just prefer the instant speed. I think very few faithless looting decks really are hurting for the instant speed. I think that they're generally proactive. Yeah. The only card I can think of that really would lean. Can you, can you cast adventure cards with snapcaster mage? I don't, no, you can't because you can't. Snapcaster Mage targets an instant or sorcery. This is not an instant or sorcery in your graveyard. It's a creature. Also, when you play this, it goes to exile. So like for one thing, it's not even in your graveyard. So you can't eternal witness it back, for example. Well, but then you have to cast the yeah, creature. The creature it. has to die. Then you can eternal witness it, but not snapcaster it. So, sure. so like the hero's downfall guy, their hero's downfall shows up in modern every once in a while, and a lot of people are like, "This is a strictly better hero's downfall because it costs the same amount of mana, and you get like to draw a card when you play it. Mm-hmm. Kind of a mediocre card, but it's like hero's downfall doesn't draw a card at all. Right. So now, is the two life worth a card, and a modern. You just, and there, a there are decks where losing two life is actually a net benefit, being Death Shadow. Now I don't know how much they're looking for they're heroes not downfall. Not really playing heroes downfall but, ever, uh, probably. Also, then they don't want the two three life link on the other end or the two two life link. It's two three. Life it's link, a two yeah. three life link on the back end. But I think that this card is generally worse than heroes downfall in modern the knight because um, it doesn't go to your graveyard. And I think any deck playing heroes downfall is probably playing Snapcaster. I mean, mm-hmm. like if you care about the instant speed and you're like or you're not playing red and you need like any world oh, where you're playing heroes think... downfall over dreadbore chances are you're playing snapcaster and you want it in your graveyard right or maybe you want it in your graveyard to delve it for a grimag angler or something i mean just like not going to your graveyard i think is kind of a big downside mm-hmm. 
and I think it's like a more of a downside for almost any deck than Drawing the upside card. of getting a rando two three with lifelink yeah, for three. I think that's fair. <laughs> okay, so that's my thoughts on on that card that we. So we don't have to talk about it later. Cool. We don't have to talk about that night later. Uh, so that's it. I think we'll be talking about more cards later. Uh, I Hopefully this episode was great for you guys. Uh, sorry once again about the audio. Um, we won't happen. Well, it may happen again because things happen, but we try really hard to make sure it doesn't happen. Um, once again, make sure to follow us on Twitter. I'm at Kess Wiley. Uh, I'm at Dudar, D-U-D-A-R-D-D. I'm at Marsh Unfocused. Ben is at Ben Bateman Media, and we are at the MM Cast. Make sure to check out our Patreon. Uh, we have the raw episodes. They, there's a bunch of content that you didn't get. Some of it has good audio. <laughs> um, and, we wasted our good audio on Patreon content. Know, so, uh, but if you're a patron, you can take advantage. Yeah. Um, make sure to check out all of the... Um, good stuff at collective.company that is where our sister podcast lives and game nights so you get game nights you get uh the command zone you get us um make sure to if you're on youtube please subscribe please hit the uh, the alert button it'll alert you when we ever do live streams we're now doing live stream videos episodes about once a month and on top of that me and ben are both trying at least once a month to do our own stream where we play arena or modern on moto so definitely come check that out hit the alert button and please like uh youtube cares about likes now so the big thumb up button is really important. And if you could comment cards that you want us to talk about that we haven't talked about yet, that way we can make sure to include in episodes that we review Eldraine in the future. Yeah, we have we have plans to talk about more cards. Don't worry. But if there's something specific you want to see, uh, that way we will make sure we do not bypass it. Absolutely. And then I think the last thing um, to make sure to shout out is that we have a Facebook group. It's cool. It's the largest modern Facebook group that somehow happened accidentally. Uh, if you're a podcast, we put out such listener, great content. I know. Also, because I think people just think it's a good modern group. Mm, it's because we put out such great content. Yeah, it's the great content. Uh, but we need podcast people to go join there because we need them to fight for us. Also, there's a modern Discord, uh, Masters of Modern Discord. You get exclusive rooms in that Discord if you're a patron, but the Discord is available. And for you everyone. get your name to be purple so everybody knows what a baller you are. Yep. The one, uh, there's two colors on a magic purple and orange. We should do like, oh, I guess our names are orange. Yeah, we're orange. You're purple. We're the only two colors that aren't mana. I'm actually blue. I'm a moderator. You're a blue moderator. We'll figure that one out. Thank you guys so much. Every week is great. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Thank you for your attention. See you later, alligator. This has been a production of Time Traveler Media. Sending podcasts into the future.